This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to the True To You podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now, in this episode, we have not one, but three special guests. I'm joined by Hannah Mitchell, Antoinette Cano, and Kendall Dodson. And these three women I've had the pleasure of working with in the last year. Each of them have undertaken the significant task of starting a small business And one of them has done a complete career switch in the process. As you'll hear in this episode, the three women have come to this process with different backgrounds, different priorities, different constraints. Kendall is a mama of a toddler, Antoinette is still in full-time work, and Hannah left her finance career to move home to the UK and work in the education sector. This is a very inspiring interview, and... Well, as my clients know, I love to put them on the spot. So for some of them, this is only the first time or maybe the second time they've been interviewed for a podcast. I think they do really, really well. Now, I really hope you enjoy this episode. And if you do, please make sure you jump on over and rate and review this podcast in iTunes because it's really important to me that we have more of these conversations and women feel supported in their journey towards meaningful work. Hold up, sister. Before we get into today's episode, let's take a short break to hear from one of our sponsors. Uh, Hang on a second. I'm sponsoring my own show because I'm a businesswoman too. And well, I've got something you might need. My bet is if you're loving the conversations we have on the True To You podcast, you're either in business or making plans to start your own thing. And what's the one thing stopping you from starting? Paralysis by analysis. Too many freaking ideas, too many passions, all the things. So how would it feel if you could reduce that endless list into the best business idea for you? Well, funny that, because I have a free five-step guide that will help you answer exactly that question. I promise you, if you're overwhelmed by too many choices, the best thing you can do is ask a few simple strategic questions to find the best one that suits your goals and your needs. To get your hands on this free step-by-step guide, head to rubymarsh.com. That is rubymarsh.com and enter your details to get it now. Don't wait any longer. Start creating today. Welcome to the episode. I have three very, very special women here today because I had the pleasure over the last year of working with each of them. And I decided that it would be really great to get these women on to give you a perspective of what it's like to make a career change or start the process of starting a side hustle, building a business, moving countries in the process, all of the things that these women have done, raising a little 
a little young man as well <laughs> as one of these women is doing right now. So they're all coming at this change from different circumstances. They're all wanting to eventually do the same thing. So with that in mind, I wanted to give you a very realistic picture of what it looks like to undertake a change and some of the things that these women have had to consider because often when you make a change you're adding extra to your plate because you might have to start something while you're, you're still in a full-time job or working part-time and balancing it with something else uh, gaining that momentum to get that thing rolling is very new and can be a little bit daunting. And so we have to make room for that in our lives. And these women have all done that very, very well. And so they're here today to share their stories with you. So I welcome Hannah and Kendall and Antoinette to the True To You podcast. Thank you ladies for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And we have Hannah coming to us all the way from Scotland. Whereabouts are you in Scotland, Hannah? Uh, I'm just north of Edinburgh from a small village um, with a name that's very difficult to pronounce, uh, Ochtertool. <laughs> and you... its claim to fame is it's uh, where Sean Connery's um, grandparents are from. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's very, very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so Hannah was actually living in Sydney, Australia uh, when we started working together about this time last year. And she was looking to make a change in her career, a pretty dramatic change, actually. So, Hannah, do you want to kick us off and share with us, uh, sorry, the change that you made in the last year? You've been on the podcast once already, but for the people that haven't heard your story, tell us a little bit about the switch that you've made. So I was working as a financial accountant for a travel retail company based in Sydney. Before that, I lived in Paris for 10 years and I did a number of different um, sort of finance-related jobs. And then, yeah, about this time last year, um, I decided I'd had enough and I really wanted to try something new, but I wasn't really sure, you know, what direction to go in. And luckily, that's when uh, I crossed paths with you, Ruby. Um, and I started doing a lot of research and I came to the conclusion that education was really where my um, interest and, and passion lay. Um, so I started doing research around different um, education programs and I just happened to be in the right place at the right time one evening and I met someone and told them about, you know, my, my different ideas and the person said, oh, you must chat to someone I know. He's been running an education program for a couple of years. He's doing quite well. And the next day, I phoned, phoned the guy and said, you know, I've heard, I've looked at your program. It sounds really interesting. Can we meet? And we met and had a couple of beers. And um, he told me about the program. And I just thought that's really exactly what I want to do. And then asked him, you know, I'm moving back to, to Scotland at the end of the year. Can I 
perhaps take on the, the UK franchise of your education programme. And I think he was a bit kind of taken aback, not really hadn't had any plans to go global with his business. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds awesome. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing now. I'm um, three months in, I've just finished my website. And just to give you a bit of background on the programme, um, the mission is to bridge the gap between the skills um, young people learn at school and the skills they need to be successful and happy um, in life after school. So I'll be contracted by schools to look, to deliver a series of modules on topics like emotional intelligence and mindfulness, routines and habits and career decisions. So yeah, it's really interesting stuff and it's, yeah, it's just been fantastic from the word go. Uh, I'm really happy that I'm <laughs> if anybody listening could actually see Hannah's face, she is absolutely beaming right now. She is very much, I think, uh, landed in the space that she's going to be in for the foreseeable future. So it definitely brings a smile to my face to hear you speak so confidently about this big change that you've made and very, very exciting, quite a dramatic change too from being in finance to uh, teaching and we actually have a teacher here on this episode as well so it's really interesting you're all kind of moving around <laughs> into each other's professions almost but in slightly different capacities so wonderful Hannah thank you so much for sharing that so next lovely lady that we have is Kendall and Kendall's also based in Newcastle like myself you've also made it onto the podcast previously because I love to put my uh, clients and any amazing woman that I know in my life that's done something really cool, like the change that you're making, I put them on the spot and I ask them to be on the podcast. So you can jump on and hear Kendall's episode after this if you like. But for those of you that that haven't uh, heard Kendall's story before, Kendall, outside of this lock down period that we're in right now because we're currently recording this in the midst of COVID-19 what does life look like for you what were you doing before you started uh, these golden days which is your business your business baby you also have another baby and a husband (laughs) yeah what did life look like and what does it look like now for you Um, Yeah, so before I started um, these golden days, I was working as a primary school teacher. So uh, I've been teaching for about 10 years. And um, yeah, I have dabbled in some other um, things along the way, because I'm really passionate about education. uh, But I'm also really creative. And I've um, yeah, just um, had a few different things along the way. I was doing some wedding styling and design um, and I studied design at a school in Newcastle and then uh, at the end of last year decided to make the transition from teaching in the classroom to, uh, you know, uh, bringing my education background into these golden days to help support what I've been doing with that. So at the, at the end of last year, I made that, that transition into my business full-time. So... Yeah, and then this has all happened uh, in March. So it has been a bit of an interesting start to uh, to the year in terms of my business and things like that. But, yeah, it's yes. exciting. <laughs> Definitely you've had to uh, adapt things a little bit and for 
pretty much all of us, uh, the plans that we had, all of these women had different plans and goals in place. And so you've had to be a little bit adaptable. Uh, your circumstances have changed because uh, your young uh, little boy is at home a lot more as well. Yes. So being able to build a business alongside taking care of him has been um, probably a little bit of a challenge, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very, very cool. And I love the the fact that you haven't let go of teaching and you've been able to merge that now with something that is innately you, which is your creativity and the way, the approach that you have to learning as well, which is a little bit uh, less mainstream, I guess. It's uh, what's, what's the type of style of teaching that you love to support little kids with? Um, I'm really inspired by nature and yeah. play-based learning. So uh, bringing those two, um, I guess, teaching elements into uh, into my business, you know, where I can promote products that align with that uh, sort of learning. And um, I guess for those of you who do know a little bit about play-based learning, my approach is very uh, Reggio or Waldorf's mm -hmm. uh, Steiner philosophy based so I, I try to bring everything I do comes back to that um, sort of philosophy of nature and, and how and the environment can impact us as individuals amazing thank you Kendall for sharing that now Antoinette uh you are also a very, very creative woman. Woman, all of these women on to on this episode today are very creative. Uh, but you're taking your creative skills in a slightly different direction. So tell us a little bit about your background and your story. And you're in the process of setting up a side hustle, so a side mm -hmm. business that you'll still do alongside your full-time work for now. So what's your current career and what is really your first love in this world? Uh, so currently I'm an architect uh, working in a Sydney-based firm and I've been in architecture for well, practicing for 16 years now. It's a long time. Um, but ultimately what I'd love to do is to be making a living out of uh, what doesn't feel like work to me and that's drawing. So it, it's just all I did when I was a kid and um, it's just been a hobby for too long um, so now I'm in the process of um, setting up a side hustle focusing on animal illustrations and capturing their endearing personalities their goofiness what makes us love them um, and also doing food illustrations uh, and hopefully working my way into doing illustrations for kids books which would be just amazing and just fun <laughs> yes yes and if you get a chance to jump on Antoinette's Instagram what's your Instagram handle Antoinette. Uh, Anto Okano. Anto Okano. So she goes by Anto. That's the short version of her beautiful name. And I think you'll be, you'll be so uh, delighted, I guess, by the way that she sees the world. Antoinette has this funny uh, knack of being able to spot things that everyone else can't see. You have a series of images on your Instagram around uh, creatures that you can see in the peeling paint on buildings yeah. so yeah. I think it, it's her curiosity is just like nothing else and so it's really exciting to see you 
uh, work towards building this this business. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into the juicy stuff, shall we? Because I've got a few questions here around what it's been like for each of you to set up a business or set up a side hustle, step into a completely new career as uh, some of you are doing as well. Would each of you like to share with us what's been the most challenging thing in balancing one, two, three uh, things in your life all at once? And we might kick it off actually with you, Kendall. Could you share with us what, what's been the most challenging thing for you in terms of doing this alongside other things in your life? Um, For me, I think actually finding the physical time in the day to actually work in each of the fields. When I started uh, these golden days, I was still teaching uh, three days a week and I had my little boy who was almost a year old and I was also still working in my previous business, Henry and Audrey, doing wedding styling and design. So I had the three main, they were... Besides my family, teaching in my two businesses, they were my three main juggling points. So that was that has been really challenging, actually trying to allocate time in every day and feel like I was achieving in, achieving in each of those areas because every day each of them required my focus and attention. So, um, yeah. That's probably the most challenging and, and it involved a lot of late nights and a lot of early mornings. Uh, and I need to be very present with my son and that's something that's really important to me. So I'm the thing that I found challenging was trying to work my, my work around being present with him. So it did, like I said, often result in working all hours of the night and, <laughs> and the early morning when he was asleep. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, w- he would have, was he sleeping through the night then? No, and he's still not. So yeah. <laughs> not much has really changed with that, but yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Hands down, absolutely most challenging time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I guess one of the things that we worked on together was streamlining where your energy was going, knowing that you had some, priorities non-negotiables in your life in particular spending time raising your son yourself and so one thing we looked to do when we started working together was going okay all of your energy is going in all these different directions how can we streamline that a little bit more and what did that look like for you in the end I guess as before we before COVID-19 happened uh, you were at a point of bringing in some new services and new ideas into one of your businesses so what does it look like now for you what's the juggle now? Uh, Look it's still challenging but it's definitely a lot easier to manage because I think that one of the many fantastic things about working with you is that you really helped me to see the areas that I really enjoyed and I was so passionate about in, in each of those three mm. pillars, I guess, and um, and how I could take the best of, of those things and not feel obligated to continue with the things that didn't bring me joy. So uh, being able to take a lot of the styling and the design 
elements out of the wedding business and bringing that into these golden days has been really amazing and um, it's opened up a lot of other opportunities and it's, yeah, that's probably been the biggest change. Uh, yeah, it, it's much easier to manage now. Yeah, I imagine having just a couple of focuses and uh, creating, now you can create, I guess, some really big goals for these golden yes. days and know that that's like, that's your one thing that you're you're working on in terms of your businesses, yeah. Yeah, and everything absolutely. else that you do is really just supporting those goals to move yeah. forward. Yeah, great. I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Kendall. Okay, so we're going to go over to Hannah now. Hannah, would you share with us what your most challenging moments were because at the time we were working together before you moved back home you were working full-time in your financial role and you were doing that pretty much for the whole duration of the time that we worked together so it was quite remarkable that you were balancing that full-time work and on the side (laughs) doing all of this research that you spoke about and connecting with people which we later found out was actually one of your greatest strengths so really this probably was not too difficult it was probably putting you out of your comfort zone but tell us a little bit about that that juggle and and balancing full-time work with making a transition um well yeah it just didn't really feel like work the research and the meeting new people element of it is just something I absolutely love and I think I enjoy it a bit too much I've spent my first month just networking and and then realized oh actually I haven't I don't have a website yet I don't have business cards why why am I networking now um but yeah, and just to have your, you know, your ideas um, validated by other people, it just gave me um, so much confidence and um, I just gained a lot of momentum um, during that time. I mean, I think when we first met, I said, oh, you know, public speaking is really not my thing. And then after a few sessions with you, I signed up to do a Toastmasters class. And I actually just yesterday, last night, I um presented um on a zoom call at my uh, local public speaking group so um yeah it's just been um it's just been like a really um exciting journey for me and I think now I'm really lucky because I, I quit my job in um December so I can I can work full-time on my project I think the challenging thing for me at the moment is that I'm working um, from home and I've never really had to do that and I'm also uh, living with my parents again which I'd like to blame on coronavirus but actually <laughs> it's um yeah it's 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 a challenge in itself but um now I'm very very fortunate and it's just you know learning how to, to structure my day and prioritize tasks and I think you know these kind of issues that a lot of uh, young entrepreneurs um, face in the in the beginning. Yeah. Yes, definitely, and it's very easy to, as I have been finding in the last few weeks, it's very easy just to work and work and work and work and work, and especially when it's something that we're just very very passionate about time kind of it goes out the window doesn't it and then all of a sudden you get to the end of the day and yeah hopefully uh, you've produced something <laughs> to, to 
Now, when you were working full time, talk to us a little bit about how you actually split your time. Were you doing most of this research on weekends, weeknights? What was that commitment like for you, Hannah? How how much time? Just so people can get a really good idea of what this actually involved for you, this whole research uh, phase that you went on for a few months, wasn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I'd spend pretty much every evening um, reading and emailing and reaching out to teachers in the UK. Um, And then on the weekends, I'd just go along to a cafe and um, start journaling, getting my ideas down on paper. And again, just reading as many books as possible um, attending courses you know NLP courses mindfulness um, so yeah it was it was quite a busy time but it didn't it didn't feel sort of stressful and um, I wasn't um, you know overwhelmed by it in any way. That's so good I think that's testament to when you're moving forward with a change that you really want to make, right? It's, uh, it fuels you, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Okay. Uh, beautiful Antoinette, uh, you are still currently working full time. Yes. In the midst of coronavirus, you're also working full time from home. So you don't have a lot of separation at the moment between, home work and your side hustle it's all in the one <laughs> <laughs> happening in the one location how's how's it been balancing building this up and for you it's really been building up mm-hmm. your consistency with your drawing and building up your portfolio of work for you to be able to sell what's that balance being like and what's that juggle being like for you um, it's been challenging in like it's hard to gain momentum when because um, I do my work after, like my illustrations after work or in the mornings, but the big sessions happen during the weekends. But, um, yeah, because it's so broken up after a whole day at work, nine hours, it's just trying to switch my brain off from the serious architect mode to the creative mode and and especially when you're all fired up from a really stressful day it's hard to kind of come back to you know taking your your mind off that and then just doing the fun stuff so that that's I think juggle or trying to get around that has been a bit bit challenging and yes especially now that work is at home and I'm home <laughs> like I don't have that half hour to wind down walk home and then start it's I just walk to the living room or I walk to my bedroom <laughs> yeah and I imagine as a creative person you have certain things that you get you in the zone to be creative and like you just mentioned a walk home separates yeah. your day and uh, perhaps then dinner and then you know okay I can sit down and I can spend this time drawing Is there anything in particular that you need in order to get into your creative zone and start drawing and being inspired and things like that? Uh, Definitely that time out, that walk home (laughs) and getting out and just, you know, fresh air and observing things that, you know, that I don't really, like maybe some people don't see and then that's where I kind of pull my ideas from. Sometimes I take different um, back streets on the way home to look for quirky things and ideas 
um, to start little projects on. Um, but yeah, now that I'm at home, it, uh, I, I need to get out more. <laughs> Structuring your day in a way that you can do that is uh, you have to have some discipline, don't you? To yeah, make sure you're constantly That's getting right. out. Yeah. yeah, cool. Okay. On that, perhaps we'll go into the next question and ask you, Antoinette. You talked a little bit then about how you get inspired to do your work. What conditions do you need to work at your best? What have you learned, especially juggling these couple of things and really making more time for your art? Yeah, what is it that you need to to work at your best? Um, pretty much being calm well-fed <laughs> and my mind being clutter-free um, and having a clean workstation and separating it from the office workstation um, so I can just spread out and um, have no um, interruptions um, and, and yeah it just gets my, my the creative juices flowing uh, and just having just relaxing and not having all those negative thoughts or just got to get them all out. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way that you get those negative thoughts out that you've... Can watch some Studio Ghibli on, on Netflix <laughs> or just something fun or or um, go read read some um, some books, that um, book that The War of Art and... You know, yeah, <laughs> yes. resistance. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you for uh, sharing that book. Uh, the The War of Art and Stephen Pressfield's work is definitely one of my favorites, and a book that I've gifted to a few clients in order to help them. Is anyone that that is doing good work in the world, anyone that considers themselves creative, and that can mean a lot of different things. It's not in the traditional artist sense. Uh, we all meet resistance. We all want to give up. We all want to give in to this this thing that doesn't actually really exist. It just exists in our minds, and that's a really, really great book. If you're listening to this and you want a want a little book, because I'm sure Antoinette, you you've picked up that book many a times, and oh yeah, the way it's it's written, it's great, isn't it? You can just yeah. pick it up and read a little paragraph and go. Oh, Okay, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, we'll go on to Kendall. Would you like to share with us a little bit about how you structure your day, what you've learned, uh, not necessarily in the time that we've worked together, but just over the, the years of building businesses about how you work best, what you need in place to work at your best? Yeah, um, I, I've learned that I... I really thrive with a routine and a schedule. As much as I love being spontaneous and being flexible with my days, I I find that I experience a lot of anxiety and overwhelm with that. So uh, over the years, and it probably comes with the territory being a teacher, being very regimented with time, I have found that structuring my week and allocating set time where I focus on, um, you know, my schoolwork one evening and then a different business another evening and I find that that actually frees up my mind to actually get on mm. on with tasks rather than feeling guilty or feeling stressed that I'm not allocating enough time I know if I stick to that routine and schedule that I've set for myself I know that I'm achieving 
you know, um, adequate, adequate time in each of the areas. Is there a particular day of the week that you like to schedule? And I imagine having, having a young one means that he's also on schedules as well. So <laughs> everything becomes quite, uh, you know, into, into blocks of time. Uh, yeah. Do you schedule your week on a Sunday night? Do you do it on a Monday morning? Is there a particular practice that you have? I actually really like to schedule my following week on a Friday, like ah. the prior Friday, because I find that um, because I do work so well on a schedule, I love that, to have my weekends that are free. Mm. And, and the way that I parent as well is very free. It goes completely against my working brain. But um, I find that if I schedule on a Friday, then I, I'm in the moment and I can reflect on the week that I've just had. And then I can prioritise my tasks ready to start again on the Monday. I find that if I leave it and I start to relax and I start to wind down by Sunday, I, it's sort of, it's left my brain again. So um, I'm very big on time management. So I feel that doing that in the moment then frees up yes time you know because you're not having to sit and think and remember things it's it's very much there and yeah definitely (laughs) yeah I like that uh I I do mine on a Sunday afternoon it seems like a nice way to end your week and a little bit of time to reflect on what you've got done and things but I'm totally there with you that if you can start your Monday morning first thing off and everything's in place it just makes it so much easier doesn't it Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah okay Hannah now when we were working together or last last year, when you started this process, you were working full time. So similar to what Kendall was just saying about the need for structure, you would have had some really good structure there. And now you're, you're on the complete other side and you're 100% your own boss, apart from a few meetings that you might have to dial into at the moment. Is there anything that you've found that you have put in place now or that you're testing even that you're not, um, you haven't quite refined yet, but you're trying to finesse the way that you work. Is there anything that you've learned about how you work the best and what conditions you need? Well, to be honest, it's still a bit all over the place. Um, I've nailed my morning routine and my coffee and my yoga but then it tends to go a bit downhill after that um <laughs> but for me it's all about um just trying to trying to set deadlines I mean I've tried to do lists they definitely don't work for me um but if it, it, it's just you know setting a deadline with um the the founder in Australia and saying right next time we're on a call I'm gonna have my website and my social media done um, and that gives me the kind of extra bit of pressure um, that I need. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to get to grips with with um, how you know how to best structure my days. Um, exercise um, works really well for me if I'm having a crappy day, uh, especially when I first moved back to Scotland. Um, it was winter, it was dark at 4pm and I just, I really missed Australia. I missed my friends and I had a few days where I thought, oh, I really messed this up. What am I doing back here? Um, 
I don't think I've, you know, I don't know if I'm the right person to do this business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I'd just go for a run and I'd put some cheesy music on, listen to M people and search for the hero inside yourself, you know, those kind of songs. And then I'd come back and everything would just be absolutely fine. And it would give me, you know, that kind of just uh, motivation I needed to to get back on track. I, I love that you mentioned M people. Gosh, that takes me back to my childhood. And uh, I think I had one of M people's first albums back in the day. So that, that's so good. So good. We're, we're showing our age there, aren't we? <laughs> A little bit. Uh, that's really cool. Really, really cool. And I'm sure you've started to realize as well as, as I have too in working in my own business that when you're trying to create new habits and new structures or put a boundary in place, it's not something that happens overnight, is it? It literally takes weeks to fall into the right routine. Would yeah. you say that as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And one of my courses is, um, the title is Routines and Habits. So <laughs> I'm trying to, to sort of learn as I go and put everything into practice. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just trial and error, really. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And and there's there's so many blogs and so many ways out there of doing routines, morning routines, night routines. It's it's endless. So you've really just got to find the things that work best for you, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So I might ask you the next question. In terms of making this change, what's been the most important boundary that you've needed to put in place and it seems like you really didn't consciously put a lot of boundaries in place at the start because you were really following your heart and so doing the work that you needed to do came very naturally but uh has have you had to set up any boundaries since coming home and uh maybe in conversation with your parents as well you know like uh, yeah, when I'm absolutely. in my room, don't come and bother me if I've got my headphones on. That's one of my tricks with my husband, just quietly. <laughs> yeah, I've had to put signs up all over the house saying a podcast recording, please do not disturb. But I guarantee someone will come through that door and ask me if I want a cup of coffee. Yeah, um, yeah and it works both ways. Um, I think, you know, often my parents will say, oh, it's 9pm, I think you've had enough screen time now so yeah it's just you know trying to have the same sort of structure that I had back in Sydney where I'll start at nine and then try and uh, do something not related to work um after six um and then just you know the usual uh not have any social media on while I'm working or emails um, and also it's been about uh, just being careful um, and doing what's right for me and my business. At this point in time, I signed up to a couple of um, startup um, sort of business management courses and it was all about getting your business plan done and filling in grant forms and it, it really wasn't right and it was just making me feel a bit stressed and um I guess you just have to realize that all these sort of business um courses are you know everyone has a, an agenda they have their spaces to fill and um, mm. so that's been a bit of a bit of a learning curve just figuring out what you know what to do and when 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's so nice that you have the guidance of uh, Ben in Australia to uh, kind of lead you with what the next step should be as well, as much as you leading yourself through this process. So, yeah, that's great. Okay, uh, Kendall, let's talk boundaries because uh, you have a husband, so managing a business, making sure you make time for him, (laughs) Uh, making sure you make time for your son, which is a big priority in your life and, and all the things that you need to do to raise him the way that you want to raise him. But also in the beginning, you were balancing it with teaching and and what sort of conversations did you need to have with people in your life? Maybe the main one was your husband around boundaries, timeframes, things you needed to set up to say, hey, this is really important to me. I need to spend some time on this. And how how did those conversations go down? Yeah. Yeah. um, Look, I'm I'm a bit of a people pleaser, so I find having conversations, um, you know, about setting boundaries for myself really difficult. So that in itself was a challenge, uh, but definitely, you know, the, I guess, communication is, for me, was the biggest key and just being really upfront, particularly with Owen, my husband, um, because, you know, we're also parents and we, there are boundaries that we needed to set up uh, you know, for Xander as well, in terms of when we could uh, not allow, but sort of one of us could step in and and be looking after Xander while the other one was working, and vice versa. So, uh, I guess that's where we we find that setting up uh, routines for our week in that way is really helpful. So, uh, I would have set nights where I would work. A little bit, say a little bit later at work, so I could prepare and get things done. And Owen would get home a little bit earlier, and then we would swap on other days. Uh, so that that worked really well. Um, but I found because there were so many aspects that I was trying to juggle, I I also needed to have conversations with colleagues and other family members, and ask for help from mm-hmm. family where I. I, I, that's not something that I like to do either. So, um, yeah, there, I needed to make sure that with my colleagues, uh, if I was sharing a class with someone that I couldn't be talking on the phone at 10 PM or, uh, I couldn't be talking on the phone all weekend and things like that, because there were other things that I needed to be, uh, you know, my, my attention needed to be with other things. So, Yeah. It was, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough, but it's such a good skill to learn, isn't it? Now that you've put those yeah. things in place, you probably wouldn't go back to the old way. And, and no. each time we have to set a boundary, it's never easy. That conversation is, is it's sometimes goes really well. And, and other times it's something you have to keep coming back to, isn't it? And keep reiterating to that person that this is where you draw the line or look, this isn't working. Let's reset. So yeah, boundaries is is a conversation that I um, think is really important for us to have. And also one thing that comes to mind there, Kendall, is for you to legitimize your business, right? And say, this is really important to me. And if I don't commit the time, it's not going to go where we want it to be. And, and I guess for you and your husband, having him realize that 
it's it's something that could potentially open up doors to different ways of living and open up different levels of freedom for you and flexibility uh so yeah, yeah. those conversations up front is is as tense and as scary as they can be they can actually help everything flow in the oh, world. definitely yeah very good okay Antoinette now tell us uh your experience with boundaries what what have you found because I know we we did actually work a little bit on boundaries in in the early yeah. days of working together and uh how how you negotiate time with your on your work and time with family and friends and all of those things so share with us a little bit about that yeah um, so I think communication like Kendall said is really important um and explaining <clears throat> clearly to my family and friends exactly what I'm working on and really taking control of the randomness in my days especially on weekends um, and having more structure in my days allocating blocks of time um, throughout the week to work on my projects um, so it's been a big change for me because I, I never used to be home I was always out with friends or with my family playing with my nieces um, and just always on the go and I'd feel bad about turning down an invite or not being able to be at drinks or help with things and I'm or like nobody asks me for help, but I'll be like, oh, you're moving, I'll help you move. Or, oh, are you painting your house? I'll help you paint your house, and, which I have no problems with doing, but I think that's my kind of way of procrastinating. So I had no time for myself or kind of burning myself out. Um, but, you know, I was happy to be helping and to be out with um, friends. So I think communication is really important because at the beginning, like it used to be, oh, that's right, just you can bring your crayons to drinks and we can all colour in together. Like, I am not just colouring in pictures. I'm most certainly not using crayons. <laughs> These are expensive pencils. I'm working on captions and stories for my drawings, working on content for my website, prepping my drawings to get them into digital format for the website, learning to write. Um, yeah, so communication was a big thing and just explaining exactly what I do or what yeah. I'm trying to do and get get off the ground yeah. yeah do you feel a little more confident now that you've had a few of those conversations confident in having the conversations but also confident about your business and what you're creating yes absolutely yeah, yeah. and when when your friends and your family understand they um it's just easier. You don't, and I don't feel the guilt. Like I used to always feel guilty if I couldn't be somewhere, but I didn't need to be everywhere where I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good lesson to learn. And I know as women, we all want to be everything to everyone. And so uh, once you start to take on your own thing, it really challenges those beliefs you have about who you need to be for everyone and where you need to be and how much you need to do and all of those things. So really, really, really good. Okay. So the last question I want to ask you all to wrap this up is throwing it back on you actually and asking what's some advice, lessons, thoughts that uh, you have for any of the women or men that might be listening to this that are thinking I really want to make a change but I it just feels so overwhelming right now and particularly if it's a career transition that's fairly large or starting a side hustle quite a big change what's some advice that you ladies can give 
these lovely listeners around making a change. Uh, perhaps it might be something you would do differently next time or something that's really worked for, for you. So I'm going to start with Hannah this time. Would you like to share with us any advice, thoughts, lessons that you might have? Um, I just think that often, um, yeah, difficult paths often lead to to really beautiful um, destinations. And um, yeah, just if you've got an idea, then just go for it. I spoke about changing careers for oh, too long, I think, and now I've done it. it just doesn't seem like a big deal. <laughs> I wish I'd done it years and years ago. Um, I kind of yeah I just wish someone had pulled me aside and said just just stop talking about it you sound like a broken record just you know just go for it <laughs> and um there's a, a wee um sort of business mantra that I like to to have on my um, computer um my brother uh my brother told it to me uh just when I got started it's a Dale Carnegie quote and mm-hmm. just you've probably heard it before but if you want to conquer fear don't sit at home and think about it go out and get busy and uh yeah that really works for me yeah yeah and you got busy woman and look where you are now that's that's really really cool uh I love that piece of advice yes don't don't overthink it if you can uh and and what you found was once you started taking action and started doing those little steps that you did which some of them were just simply reaching out to people and having conversations and validating whether your idea was the right thing for you uh or whether you know did this exist back in the UK or not and all of those things and once you started to have those questions answered it must have suddenly hit home on oh, this is possible I can do this yeah 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 absolutely yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so no, it's been and yeah and it's just about asking for help people have been so kind to me and I've just you know been overwhelmed to the point of tears with kindness and um people who've introduced me to to teachers and um yeah, and just the fact that I was able to 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 take this uh, education program to the UK. I mean, it's huge. Just, mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You've got still can't believe it. Yeah, you've got a few years of work uh, cut out for you, and yeah. um, but I I cannot wait until uh, everything eases up in terms of restrictions, and you can actually get out there and be in front of those amazing young humans and helping them to grow because they're going to have a really solid mentor in you Hannah I know that so yeah thank Thank you you for this work that you're doing okay (laughs) Antoinette let's throw it back to you uh one last question what advice lessons parting thoughts would you have for our beautiful listeners I think like Hannah, asking for help and um, talking to people like you, <laughs> getting Ruby's help. <laughs> um, and I think the biggest thing for me was working on my mindset and like kind of strengthening my resilience because um, it is a big change, like practicing architecture for 16 years and just wanting to do just jump out and do this. I've never started a business and, um, you know, you can kind of get like, with being an artist you can kind of get stuck in with all those kind of negative thoughts 
what's self-doubt, fear of judgment, um, will people like what I'm doing, um, you know, will people pay for this? <laughs> How am I going to make a living <laughs> out of this? So it, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, working on your mindset. Yeah. So that's been the biggest thing for me, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's the one thing we kind of take for granted, isn't it, it that yeah. uh, these changes often show up all of the things that uh, we've been thinking for so long and have become really routine thoughts and then all of a sudden you want to make a change and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, am I going to keep that thought? Is that gonna, thought going to keep working for me in order to make the change that I want to make or do I have to transform that thought into something else? So, yeah, you've done really amazing work on that because I know this has been – opened up a whole new world for you even just in that work alone uh so yeah it's been really amazing to watch you just take everything on with gusto and and be a sponge and uh yeah you're really setting yourself up for some some really amazing work in the future thank you thank you okay kendall lovely kendall (laughs) Tell us your advice for the lovely people out there. Uh, I think that getting really clear on on what it is that you want your life and your days to look like is the biggest piece of advice I can give you because I think by doing that in the very beginning and being really clear on what your values are and what's really important to you and what your non-negotiables are, that's going to really drive all the decisions that you make in terms of your business. So I think we all look to and we all start side hustles because we are either not satisfied with where we're at or we know that there's more out there and and we're keen to give it a go. So I think being really clear on that and and having that as your first uh, exercise, I guess, and knowing what it is that you want, um, I think that's really important because... I think we can get really caught up in things that we think we should be doing or advice from well-meaning people about how we should start a business and it might not necessarily align with what you're actually wanting to achieve. So um, that's something personally I found really beneficial and now I feel that knowing what I want my end goal to look like, um, it's really making me, uh, I guess, really move into my decisions and my next steps more powerfully yes oh I love that I love that such a good piece of advice to end on thank you Kendall for that yes once you once you know where you're going it it's just about putting those feet in front of the other and making decisions in line with that because you can you can see what you're going towards as well so that's really really great thank you so much okay ladies it has been an absolute pleasure to share uh, this episode with you all thank you very much for your time and wishing you all the best and all the success with your adventures that you're on Thank you. Thank you.